Hello and welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from Beyond. Founded by revenue management veterans from the airline and hospitality industries, Beyond is the leading revenue management software for vacation rental owners and managers. Listen in for the mid-episode break where you can find out how Beyond can help you and your vacation rental business. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, thanks, Mike. And today I am delighted to have back with me Brittany Blackman from Breathe Easy Rentals. We last spoke to Brittany around a year ago when she talked to us about starting her property management business from scratch. And today we're catching up after an interesting year in this business and finding out from Brittany how the year has gone for her how her owner acquisition has gone, and talking about some of the challenges she's faced. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information, and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, really delighted to be back with you. And as I head home to Ontario after a fantastic winter in Gulf Shores, I'm reflecting back on, you know, a lot of things that have gone down over the last five months or so, lifting of, you know, particularly in Ontario, lifting the COVID mandates that have been in place for so, so long. It's been interesting being in Alabama because it's almost as though it doesn't exist. You know, mask wearing is sparse. You rarely see anybody with a mask on. You know, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, this is the way the way it is. It doesn't seem to be the thing that people concentrate on anymore. And this great topic of discussion, nobody seems to mention it. But I know that back in Ontario, it has been front and centre for two years. We're going to go back to a very different Ontario now that, uh, that the mask mandates have been lifted and the last of the restrictions are now off. That's not to say it's all going to, not all going to get applied again. We've seen this in the past where everything gets, gets lifted and then a few weeks later, the government changes their mind and back we are to square one again. But at least we no longer need to get a negative test to go across the border. That was a little bit of a pain. So that, that's one thing. And I don't think they're going to bring that one back, that's for sure. So as, uh, as I say, you know, sort of reflection back over the last five months and the last year, uh, and it's it's been an interesting one. The years 2020, 2021 and now 2022 are, are showing such fascinating information for us about how this, you know, where this industry is going, how the patterns and trends are showing themselves. And I had the opportunity to talk to Brittany Blackman from Breathe Easy Rentals about what's happened in her year, because we first interviewed Brittany back in oh, April, May of 2021. And we talked about her starting her property management business and the fact that she did everything herself, apart from the outside contractors uh, doing maintenance and cleaning. 
and also how challenging it was setting up in a competitive market when you have to generate trust and confidence with new owners. And I know that this, for for anybody entering the property management business, this is the first hurdle to overcome because you can't operate this business without inventory and you can't get inventory properties uh, without taking on new owners. And you've got to create that relationship. You've got to get them believing in you. And Brittany was certainly doing that. So we're finding out today about the growth of Breathe Easy Rentals over the past year and finding out what are the key milestones she's achieved, what mistakes have been made and what problems have has she encountered and how they've been resolved. And of course, what have been the most important things she's learned in the last year. So we're going to break halfway through the interview to hear a message from uh, a message from beyond. <laughs> I just realised what that's what, what I said there. We're going to hear a message from our sponsors Beyond as I talk to Ryan Saylor, uh, the Director of Partnerships at Beyond, and he answers one of the questions that hosts and managers often bring up when they are thinking about going into dynamic pricing and revenue management. So watch out for that. I love that. A message from beyond. I'm going to have to use that again. Okay. Without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Brittany Blackman. So I'm super happy to have with me today, again, Brittany Blackman from Breathe Easy Rentals. I talked to Brittany a year ago and we had such a great conversation about her starting up the company and the challenges she'd gone through. So we thought it would be great to catch up after a year and see what's happened, what she's learned, any mistakes that have been made, any challenges that she's overcome. So this is going to be a great conversation. And thank you so much for joining me, Brittany. Yeah, I'm excited to be back again. Thank you, Heather. Well, we had we had a short time chatting at the Vacation Rental Women's Summit in New Orleans. That was fun, wasn't it? Yes. Oh my goodness. That's one of the best conferences I've ever been to. Yeah. I, I, I know Amy at the end of every one of these conferences says never again, I'm never doing this again, <laughs> but, but she is already talking about was it 20, 2023 that uh, there should be Perfect. another one. So there's not one this year, but I think she's going to be running this again next year. You can't not do this, do, do that conference again. It was, you know, it, I think life changing for some people. It was. It was very, very, very good. I'm excited to hear she's getting back on the train for next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to keep at her. Make sure, make sure she, yes. <laughs> make sure it doesn't drop off her radar at all. Because I know she's she's busy with the Dharm <laughs> conferences as well, and every other conferences that that is around. She seems to be at on a panel or moderating something because she's so good at that. So that was great to see you, but we didn't really catch up as to how the year has been for you. So I just thought we'd kick off for anybody who hadn't listened to that previous episode that we did. Can you do sort of a quick recap on how you got into the business and you know, sort of where you are now in terms of property inventory and staff and that sort of thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been in the vacation rental industry now for going on 10 years. Many, many moons ago, I moved from North Georgia to Florida, had no idea what a vacation rental was and found my way into the industry as a reservationist at a local company and worked there for uh, going on nine years and slowly worked my way up and took on more responsibilities. And at the time that I left, I was the operations manager and have a big heart and soul for the industry and for serving others. And so a goal of mine was to have my own company and purchasing the company that I was at, um, unfortunately, was not an option. So I left in September of 2020. So technically during still during the middle of the pandemic and uh, went, went off on my own and started Breathe Easy Rentals. And uh, it was absolutely terrifying but um, so very rewarding on the flip side of things as well. And um, so we've had absolutely amazing growth. Um, Definitely did not expect to be where we are now, but very thankful for it. And we have a mixture of uh, homes and condos. We're up to 18 properties that we manage, which is I'm very, very happy with. And we have quite a few uh, part-timers that work for us. And then I also just hired my first full-time staff as well. That's amazing. I want to cover that off because there are so many people that listen to this podcast who are on the cusp of growing. You know, they've got their own properties. They might manage one or two, doing it all by themselves and are thinking, you know, what, what happens next? How do I get to that next level? So I think this talk with you about what's happened in your first year is going to be really helpful for them. So when we last talked, I, I can't remember how many, how many property, properties did you have at that time? We maybe had about six or seven most of last year that we were running with. Yeah. And so now at 18, uh, I'm really interested to hear, you know, how you've got there. What were the challenges along the way? Because I know we talked about that the trust and confidence, you've got to generate that trust and confidence with new owners. And it that's that's the same for anybody starting out in this business. You know, how do you get new owners to trust you when you say, right, I'm, you know, this is a new company. Trust me, I'm going to look after <laughs> your property and I'm going to bring you income, particularly when, you know, I actually, what we haven't mentioned is is where you're located. I think that's probably a good idea to mention. It is. It is. So we're uh, we're in the Florida Panhandle, so it's a very, very highly competitive market here. So that definitely comes into play. On on one side, you, you know, there's not really a struggle for properties because there's thousands and thousands and more of them it seems every day but on the uh, flip side of that it obviously makes my competition and my sales pitch a little bit different um, because there are probably hundreds of property managers in this area um, so many options that people could choose from and um you know, as far as that magic sauce goes, you know, I mean, it's exactly like you said. I mean, you literally are just sitting with these owners and saying, so I know that I'm brand new and I have this little website up, but I just, I need you to trust me with it. And I think I was blessed to have those nine years of experience. And in those years, I did a lot of networking, a lot of people in the community, just, they know my work ethic. Um, and that helped tremendously, you know, honestly, that's how 
we've gotten all of our owners up to this 18 point. They're all referrals from people that we knew or people that had worked with me in the past. Uh, we have not done any sort of owner acquisition marketing. I haven't needed to at this time. So, you know, that's, that's kind of been the cool thing, but it's, these are steps and things that I've been working on and doing for years. Not that it was necessarily my intention to leave and start my own company. I just genuinely was involved and, and, you know, worked like I owned everything that I do in life. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of that helps. And if I could tell that to other people, you know, in the industry, you know, pay attention to what you're doing in, in your local neighborhood, in your communities and the outreach that you have and, you know, the passion that you have. And I'm a firm believer if you, if you're putting your all into it and you're focused on it, the universe is going to give some of that back to you at some point. Yeah, I'm a full believer of that as well. But you make a really good point there about paying attention to what you're doing in the local area. And and I've heard this from other small managers before, that, that the way they gain a foothold is to become known in their area for you know for, for getting involved in in community projects and things and i know that you are pretty much involved in your community can you give me some examples of that yeah and you know i think again i'm saying community involvement is so important but it also doesn't have to be intimidating either you know i think when i used to hear of community involvement i'm like oh, i don't have time and how do i do this and that and so i think one thing that's really important when you talk about this subject is that don't overwhelm yourself. It doesn't have to be a lot. We don't do a ton of things. I wish I could. I wish I had the resources and multiple me's and all these things, but you know, I don't. So I do what's attainable and I do what I can give my hundred percent to. So I do have a friend who owns a local restaurant and bar and she does several events throughout the year. And so we're a sponsor with them um, and their events sponsor anything from uh, local uh, animal shelters to children in crisis, to different local pantries and stuff like that. So, you know, it was something where, you know, it's a very small footprint that we make and that I can contribute to, but it's something that I can do. And so whether it's it's being involved like that with local events and stuff like that and sponsorship and being part of that, or even, you know, we have a lot of different Facebook groups in the area. Um, and it's sometimes given a little bit more than you're taking, you know, to helping people if they're asking for places to go, things to see and do and, you know, links and stuff like that. You know, I spent a lot of time on those groups and it's, exhausting sometimes for me um, to be very you know honest with it but the thing is is people see me and you know even the just the local people that live here they're like man Brittany is all over those things and so I come first of mine thank goodness when they have somebody who's wanting to travel to the area or looking for a property manager and like yeah man that Brittany she's always on it and so again you're you're gonna get out what you put into it oh that's such a good point yeah, it, it brings to mind, and um, Tyan Marsink talks about this as well. And and you you mentioned that it can seem a bit overwhelming if, if you think you have to go out and get involved with everything that's going on in the community, but you just pick a couple of things, I guess. And Tyan talked in previous episodes when I've talked to her about getting involved with the local Chamber of Commerce. And with doing that, she got known at the tourist, at the, at the tourist office. 
so she met all the all the staff at the tourist office. So when people went in, in because she's from uh, this is the the Branson location, and people would go into the tourist office and ask about accommodation. And of course, she she'd already made those connections, so they would naturally uh, point people in her direction. So it's it's just knowing your lo- it's knowing your area and location and understanding where the opportunities are. I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to go down a bunny trail on this, but not that this is really a good way to be known in a sense, but like, you know, we're fighting local regulation right now in Walton County for short-term rentals. Um, it was obviously not my intent to become like this little band leader that I have now become um, in fighting it. Uh, it wasn't because I was like, oh, I'm going to do this so I can make all these connections and everybody knows my name. But when I started hearing about this regulation coming down the pipeline, you know, I started rallying the troops and in a sense, and I'm trying to kind of lead the way in, in getting these property managers involved and showing up at these meetings and how can we be proactive. And so, you know, again, whether it's outreach or the, you know, local chambers or events or this or that, or if you have regulation, whether it's there in your city or not, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, we also said the same thing, Walton County, we're never going to get it. And we're here, it's here. But I mean, even that's been huge and just I've made so many connections just in that and people knowing my name and it's just me I'm not doing anything super crazy because I'm just getting people together to talk and how can we solve problems that's really useful and I and I think this is something that everybody needs to get involved in anyway you know don't sit on the fence when there's regulations in the area uh, get involved because it, it it will impact you. It will impact absolutely everybody that's involved in this industry. And I know that we're going through a ton of regulations in different spots up here in Ontario. And we encourage all our property managers to, to get involved, join networks and do the personal lobbying, whatever, whatever you can do. So, uh, but you're absolutely right. That gets your name out too. Um, so what other key milestones have you achieved this year when you look back over the past year and it's been I mean it's been a challenging two years and I'm amazed that you know you, you've you've done and I'm not amazed you've done so well that that's that's not what I'm trying to say it's that it, it's it's great that you have done so well given the challenges of of the COVID years funny we're saying COVID years it just seems like yesterday it all <laughs> started <up. laughs> it's been it's been a blur yeah I mean we just yeah, you know, I, I can't say it enough how blessed we have been, but it's just been setting a goal. And then when it's a little goal and when then when we reached it, we set another goal, <laughs> um, you know, whether it was property count wise or it was, you know, where the properties were. We, you know, we had a gross, you know, gross sales number that we wanted to hit uh, by the end of the year. I never in my life imagined I was going to be discussing that number that we actually, <laughs> you know, hit. But everybody obviously gets into this industry and kind of wants different things. I didn't want a big ginormous company. I just still don't, you know, but I set these small attainable goals and said, okay, how can I reach them? How can I get there? And next thing you know, you know, I, I figured in the first five years, we'd be at about 20 properties. So when we were finishing up at 18 by December, January of this year, I was absolutely ecstatic and also said, well, we need to slow down a little bit and just keep focused on 
on what is my goal because it's so easy to keep saying, yes, 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 I want more, 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 but that doesn't align with my vision and my goal and what I set out to do with Breathe Easy. So I have to make sure that I keep those goals realistic and that any decision that I'm making, um, no matter how big or small it is, is still kind of bringing me back to what was the reason Mm -hmm. of why I started Breathe Easy. So do you have a cap on the amount of properties you want to have in your inventory? Uh, it's not a set number. It's just, you know, when, whenever it's not fun anymore, whenever it starts <laughs> getting to be to be too much, as we all know, this industry, many days you're like, what in the hell am I doing? So, you know, when, when I, I like to say when the bad days start outweighing the good, I know we've kind of surpassed it or if our expectations of ourselves or what others think of us start going down, then I know we're not doing the right thing. So it might be 20, it might be 30. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a little hippie. So I'm like, when I just feel it, I'm going to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, but you've hired, you've now hired somebody full time. So what, what, what was that role? Why did you choose who you chose and what skill did, did you choose for specific skills? You know, really interested to find out what made you take on your first hire and what that person's going to do. Yeah. So we ran most of last year again with part-timers. So people who would work a day or two a week with us and that was fine. Of course, that presents its own challenges because I'm still having to be on 24 seven, 365. Um, if I got sick, it didn't matter because nobody else was there. And so I knew, you know, that while I wanted to keep the company small, I still need a break sometimes. I'm still going to get sick or want to go on vacation or, you know, whatever it is. So I needed another me. I don't want to be that person in three, five years going, how I can't get away from anything because I haven't set anything up. Like if if anybody knows anything about this industry, you better always have a plan B. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> always and a few more. So, you know, it it was something in the back of my head that I knew, you know, it's especially adding so many more properties, you know, I, I knew that I couldn't just rely on myself and I needed that extra person. And again, very blessed and putting an ad out on Indeed, got some great resumes, narrowed it down and found somebody who, you know, I think the biggest qualities in her was that she has some experience in the industry, so that was good, but she wanted to kind of have a light of her own, and I really wanted that as much as, you know, I want to train somebody on my ways and, and how this breathe easy way of life is. I still want somebody who's going to take responsibility for their own and not just be, quote unquote, my assistant. Um, I wanted somebody who's going to have that responsibility and that pride. Uh, that's what I have, and that's what... I feed off of that, you know, when people are like, man, Brittany, you did a great job. So I really looked for that. And the person that I was hiring is someone who would be able to stand on their own two feet, learn the ways, you know, and enjoy what they were doing. And, you know, I think the second biggest key is being a problem solver. You know, I was very honest in that I'm I'm not a good babysitter. I will support you and give you everything that you need and help you in any way, but I'm not going to hold your hand through it. Like you're going to have to figure these things out for yourself. And again, kind of stand on your own two feet. And the person that I found just, I mean, she checked off all the boxes. So it was just a a miracle. (laughs) And so we ran with it. (laughs) So does she have skills that are not your best skills? 
for example, I remember when we she, when we did when we took on our first hire, neither my business partner nor myself are really any good at, at the financial side of it. So we were using an external bookkeeper. But our, our first hire, we wanted a sort of general manager, somebody who would, you know, really look after everything and keep us in line. But the first thing we wanted was these bookkeeping skills and really somebody who was left-brained as opposed to my right-brained. So how does that sort of thing tie in with, with the person that you hired? Is she more like you or yeah. less like you? <laughs> um, all of the above. I, I call her the yin to my yang because also, you know, we we have to work so closely and trust each other with so many things. And I'm I'm taking my baby of Breathe Easy Reynolds and passing it off to someone, which is terrifying as well. So she's very calm in a sense and, and very calm natured in how she handles things, which at first worried me a lot because I'm like, why is she not freaking out? Like I am <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you know, what's wrong with her? <laughs> um, it took me a couple, you know, times and instances when it was like, oh, this is awesome because she's not freaking out. And I am like, and so, you know, it, it was really good because the way that she handles things, it's not the way I would handle them which again, was very, very hard for me at first. I'm a control freak. I'm a perfectionist. So if it's not done the way I would do it, I'm like, uh, I don't know. And I had to get over that because I was like, Brittany, not everybody thinks like you do. And that is good and it's okay. And so it's it's honestly been more of an internal struggle for me than it has been her. She's been able to handle everything and she does it and you know, she does it great. So it's been for the type A personality that I have, like it's been you know, something that I have learned very quickly that I need to let go and work with myself. And if I want her to be responsible and to be able to handle these guests and owners, then she needs to be able to do it her way. And so that's been eye opening, but also, you know, really cool because when there's situations that get me all riled up because I, I do have the emotional attachment because it is my business. She doesn't. That's good though. I, I need that the yin to the yang part of it. I think you nailed it just then when you said that, you know, you it's your business. You've got the emotional attachment to it. And I, you know, I understand that my own business, I've been in it for 20 years and, and it still bothers me when, when somebody makes a critical comment, whether it's a guest or an owner, you know, please don't, don't do that. This is my baby. <laughs> you, <don't, laughs> yes. you know, we're doing the best we can and I'll try and, you know, I, I want to fix it for you, but please don't be critical of me, uh, of me the company and which is why we we hired a general manager five years ago somebody who would be that buffer to because they they didn't have that emotional attachment so I, I loved that you just you just said that so what's what's the most important thing you've learned in the last year um yeah I think there's so many things that can go wrong or not that, not even go wrong, just go not the way you planned for them to. So I think it's kind of a dual answer in like being mentally prepared for that. Always again, having like multiple plans of solutions. But then also I think like the, the biggest thing to me is like when things do go wrong or they don't go as planned, take the time to figure out why. I had to do it because I was my only employee. I knew that I wanted to, you know, would be bringing other people on to help. And so if you want 
your processes to operate the way you want them to, you have to be able to explain them to other people. Uh, you also have to be able to hopefully circumvent issues or at least provide solutions about when this happens, do this, when that happens, do this. And so if you don't have your processes organized and if you're not figuring out why things get broken or lost in translation and then you start building a team from that, it's just like really bad chaos. So I, that's been the, the biggest thing, again, is just taking time to say, okay, why did that fail? You know, was it just a whoops, a human error, which is going to happen? Or, you know, were there other systems or processes, whatever, that needed to be put into place to help those situations? And that's, it's time consuming. Nobody wants to do it. Nobody wants to sit there and overanalyze the little things. But I think it's helped me tremendously and it helped has helped me because I do have so many part-timers that work so not here they don't know all the processes and the ins and the outs and the whys but I've been so involved with all these little steps that we've been able to create good processes and and I can easily now 99% of the time when you know when problems pop up to go okay well let's do this or let's do that because I've taken the time to actually work on the why did it break and how can mm-hmm. we fix it instead of just oh whatever and moving on. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us as we start in this business we keep all this stuff in our heads and and, mm-hmm. and don't have, you know, perhaps we don't even call them processes because it's just something that you do. It's almost a second nature, but then when you got you've got to explain it to other people. That's when you realize that you, you really ought to have these documented in some way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. So I'm just going to break just for a minute for another question from Ryan Saylor from Beyond, who is our sponsor for the podcast. So we'll be back with Brittany in just a moment. So welcome back to Ryan Saylor from Beyond. And I want to ask the question of you, Ryan, how do I know if Beyond is live in my market? It's a great question. You can go straight to our homepage on beyondpricing.com and see where we are live in in different markets. We're live in a lot of the, the most popular markets around the world. I will say we have a revenue management and data team that actually builds out and launches markets. They've been doing that since 2013. So Uh, Every market that we price is hand-launched and further monitored by our teams to understand what's going on in the market and make changes as needed. So you can check if we're live in your market. If we are not, you can submit a request right there that goes straight to that team to immediately launch it for you. So check it out on our website. We should be available in your market. We're available most large markets around the entire world. But in the off chance that we're not, feel free to submit and we'll get it uh, launched for you. That is great because from where I am in Ontario, there hasn't been a huge amount of data in the past, but I believe it's, it's here now. Yep, absolutely. Well, let's go back to Brittany Blackman of Breathe Easy Rentals. Thanks for bearing with me, Brittany. And let me ask a question about um, revenue management and dynamic pricing for you. What strategies do you use? Uh, yeah, so I know there's some awesome uh, technology out there, but I'm, I'm so a little hesitant with it all. Again, my little control freak comes out <laughs> sometimes, and um, I've always done the rates for going on 10 years now, so le- releasing that is very scary for me. 
But, you know, I, I keep our rate structure pretty simple right now. You know, I'll go in once a year, normally when it's slower in the fall or winter time and look and see what the competition is doing. And then also, you know, now that I have built up a little bit of my own historical data, start from those, you know, scratching posts and kind of set from there um, as Rentals come in for particular units and seasons. I'll go in and gradually increase anything else that's open on the books for the summer or for that like style property. So I still have very much a manual touch to it, um, especially with just having 18 properties. It's very easy to kind of maintain that. And, you know, the good thing too is talking to other people in the area and saying, you know, how are your rentals doing? And if everybody's occupancies are on the same, then I feel good. Or, you know, obviously if, if people are booked out more than I am, I'm like, oh, let me see what I need to do. And, I like to say I'm still doing a little bit old old school and and being very hands on with it all still. Well, uh, you know I I go along with that. We we still do some manual strategies. We're we're pretty booked up for the summer at the moment, and when those weeks will open up or something new comes on board, you know it's it's just in your head. I know exactly how to price this. I can imagine as you grow, it can be very handy to have that data, I guess, um, that, that these companies can provide. So talking about tech and platforms, what's in your tech stack? And, you know, has your growth forced any changes over the year? Yeah. So, you know, when I started Breathe Easy, I knew that I wanted to be around 20 properties. So I took a lot of time to look at technology and I chose options that I could grow into, not necessarily that were small that I knew I would wind up growing out of. I've been through software changes before and they are never what they are promised to you. So um, I, I did not want to do that. Time was you know, my most valuable asset. So we, uh, we have Escapia, which I've had experience with in the past before. So that is our PMS and then Breezeway for all of our operations. So Breezeway for anything, you know, property care. Uh, we just started using their messaging portal maybe about a month ago. Honestly, I wish I would have done it so much sooner, but I like to do everything the hard way <laughs> first for too long. So um, love Breezeway and then Touch Stay. To me, those are multifacets because it helps us from the guest and owner perspective. But also, like we've been talking about how, you know, we just hired this first full-time employee trying to teach her everything that I need to teach her about every individual property. And this one gets speech service and that one doesn't. And this one has this coffee maker and that one doesn't. And that's a lot to first remember, second, try to teach someone. Um, so I don't do any of it. And I just say, look in the touch day guidebook and it'll answer everything that a guest needs to know will be in there for you. And so honestly, from you know, just the the training of a new employee and just having a resource where all the information is together. Touch days really, really come just, it's not, it is so much more than what I even signed up for it to be, to be honest with you in, in a year later. Well, I'll go along with that. We've we've been using Touch Day for a couple of years now, and and it is the cornerstone of our guest workflow, really, from, from beginning to end and you know, from the communication workflow. I just did uh, last week's uh, episode was about digital guides and and I did a I did a download 
to to go along with that. And I started, you know, what should go in your digital guest guide? And it ended up at four four and a half pages, I think, <laughs> and over a hundred topic ideas. And I thought, and I, it got me thinking, you know, what would we have done? Bef- what what were we doing before Touch Day? You know, it was it was a PDF download and with very little in it. And then the you know the, the dog-eared uh, print guides left on the tables and I think I saw something from you on a Facebook group post about having a (laughs) having one of these manuals still around in one of your properties we did we just got um an owner has two properties and they recently came on and during the onboarding process I went in I'm like oh we have binders in here and um I I was like all right we're we're gonna see how long they last um and so sure enough I think the one binder hasn't even made it a month and a half and the front page already has coffee spilled all over it. And I'm like, Oh goodness. So it's going to magically disappear. Um, of course, everything that's in it is in the guidebook already. It's at the guest fingertips, but you know, I just, I don't, part of my standard is we have very clean, you know, well-maintained properties. So when you walk in and see coffee spilled all over the front page of the welcome binder, that's an impression that I don't want. I remember reading a book in the past year and, you know, the biggest takeaway I got from it was that it was talking about that customers and guests really in today's world want to answer their own questions. They don't really want to have to ask for, you know, things and local recommendations. Don't get me wrong. They still do, you know, but they, they kind of want to be self-service. And so that really pushed me a lot with this touch day guidebook. And anytime we get questions, we stop and take the time to go into the guidebook, a, make sure the information and the answer is accurate and B add that information in. Cause if one guest has the question, somebody else does. Um, and so it just helps us. And, you know, now a year later, I mean, we've built a pretty bulletproof guidebook for all the properties, but there's still every once in a while where we'll add something in there and now it can show them how to use the nest thermostat with a video to youtube or how to use the um coffee maker with again a youtube video that's super simple so i don't have to waste 45 minutes to show someone driving Mm. over how to use something and i think the guests take pride in it because they can look in it and find all their answers and they don't have to bug quote unquote bug us. I don't like saying it that way, but they don't have to because they have everything that they need in front of them. I love that you mentioned video because that's definitely something that I, I used as an example in the episode last week, that it is so easy just to create these very, very short videos, just to screen, if it, even if it's just using the, using a remote control, because I mean that, that to me, oh, yeah. if I went to a vacation rental I probably would not be able to turn television on because I'm not technically minded <laughs> and, and face an array of four or five remote controls, which is what we tend to already always have. It would just be, okay, no TV for me this week then. But to actually have a little video on the Touch Day Guide that shows the remote control and says, if you want to do this, press this button. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, and it, the good thing, you know, with these digital guidebooks is you just do it once. It's not like you've got to make 14 videos. 
you know, or I guess if you have that many different remotes, you do. But, um, you know, like with our properties, <laughs> we have the same service provider. So there's two different kind of remotes that exist, small remote and a big remote. And so there's two different guides that we can make. But yeah, I mean, I think whether you use a picture and video and then also text, you know, remember that people do absorb information differently. So just because of, you might really like a video, someone else might really appreciate having the text instructions on there. Mm. Um, so I think that is important. You know, just make sure you're you're hitting both people who learn differently. Oh, exactly, exactly. That's a great point. Okay, Brittany, you've th- this has been such a great conversation, and we're going to draw it to a close shortly. On the last episode we did with you a year ago, I closed off by asking you to give a couple of important pieces of advice that you'd give to a new manager. So I'm going to do that again, and asking you to do that reflecting you know on what you've learned in the past year what are those three most important things that you would tell people now uh yeah so I think the first thing and these are not necessarily in a specific order but first thing would be standardize everything that you possibly can um especially if you are going to grow I've definitely learned the hard way that there are so many things that go wrong in it every day, so many unexpected things. So when you have standardization with amenities, linens and terry, processes, anything like that, it really just helps your chaos control at the end of the day. And, you know, I don't I don't have to worry about where a owner's comforter is. It's like the sock in the dryer that went missing. I have no idea where the comforter went. Um, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to have those awkward conversations with owners anymore. I don't have to shell out $100 for a comforter that is probably not worth $100. All of our stuff is completely standardized. And I have lost some prospective owners because of that, but it was the model and vision that I had. And I knew that I wanted standardization so that way I could grow to a certain point. So I think, again, no matter how finite you're talking or even big scale with big processes, standardization is huge and will save you at the end of the day. And um, I think the second thing would be, and everybody can do this a little different way, but either form you know, a little group of property managers or get on these Facebook groups, listen to podcasts, you know, like yours and and several others that are out there now in the hospitality industry. Talking to other people is a therapy for yourself. So you don't feel insane because, and especially if you're either at the top or by yourself, that lonesome feeling, at least for me, was very difficult. And I didn't realize how difficult it was. So I was head deep in it. So, you know, now I've formed relationships with other property managers. We meet once a month and I just, I just don't feel alone anymore. And, you know, the second side of it too, is you can just ask questions. You can say, Oh, what happens if this, did this occur with y'all or what are y'all doing when this happens? And, you know, again, whether it's in person with other owners or property managers, or if it's on these Facebook groups and stuff like that, like that sense of community, in this industry now is something I've never seen before. And there's so many people willing to help and educate and, and just guide and take it. So you don't feel alone and take it. So if you can learn from other people's mistakes and not make them yourself, why wouldn't you do that? I love asking people 
what they did wrong and how they would, you know, do it again. So that way I don't do the same thing they did. (laughs) (laughs) It's free advice. Why would you, why would you say no? And then I think the third thing is, which we touched on earlier, is just really taking the time to spend time on your processes and with your team, you know, whether it's one cleaner that you have that you work with, or it's a team of 10, 100, whatever, you know, amount of people. If you're not taking time to really get your hands wet and and muddy and figure out, you know, what do people need to succeed in their own positions and stuff like that, especially in today's industry. And because all these resources are out there, people are either going to go somewhere else where they feel respected and get that, or they're going to start their own company like I did. So if you don't want them doing that, then be supportive and try to take care of them. For the owners, operators out there, it's just, I think you can get so caught up in just the craziness and the clockwork and the day-to-day stuff that you don't realize how all of these, your entire business just ran off of these little processes. And what used to work a year ago may not be working or it may be creating just inefficiencies that you don't even understand. Um, so it's that's one of the most eye-opening things that I've had to experience in the past year coming, you know, out of being an ops manager for nine years, I was like, man, I I know so much, you know, I never closed the door to wisdom, but I really thought I knew a lot of things. And that's been just the coolest thing this past year, a little humble, humble shake, um, saying, Hey, Brittany, there was a lot of things you didn't probably pay attention to. And you didn't take time to stop and look at those things um, over so much time because it just, you get lost in it. So I think there's a huge value in making sure that you are paying attention to all the little things. That's great, Brittany. That's really fantastic advice. And, you know, I'm looking at that and thinking, yeah, maybe I should spend a little bit more time on my processes. But I think everybody does. And the three points you made there are relevant to anybody in this industry, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in there a long, long time, because it's always good to take stock occasionally and step back and say, you know, am I just doing the same old, same old, because that's what works? Or should I take that time out and just revisit where we should be at this moment exactly i think it i think it's healthy you know whether you're doing it professionally or personally um you know it's it's so hard to stop or at least for me it is but i've also understand the huge value in it and i think it will create success for anybody who does take time to mm-hmm. invest into themselves Well, thank you so much for for joining me again. I'll be delighted to check back with you um, in another year's time, see see where you're at, see whether you've decided that you're going to go enormous or not. I think I think not, but it, we will connect again, whether it's uh, whether it's at a, a at a conference or some networking event. I feel exactly like you do that that networking is so hugely important, and that's where we gain so much knowledge. So just great to have you back, and I wish you all the best for for the next year. Awesome, I appreciate that. I hope you guys have wild success as well and are hopefully full steam ahead with zero closures in your future. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Brittany Blackman from Breathe Easy Rentals. Always so lovely to catch up with somebody, you know, a year on when they've been starting a business or starting some software or something like that and just seeing what's happened within the year. It's always, I, I just find it really inspiring and motivating to hear, you know, the, the challenges and, and how they've overcome them. And particularly with Brittany, what I love is that she has that vision in mind. She has a vision. She knows exactly where she wants, what she wants her company to be. And she will design what she does to, to ensure that she achieves that vision. So I'm really excited to see what happens with Brittany over the next year. And maybe in a year's time, we come back and revisit her progress and her undoubted success. So as you're listening to this, I'm wending my way back home. This was recorded a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know where I'll be when you listen to this. Not quite at home in Ontario. won't be back until the end of April or the last week of April. So I can get my RV back down my driveway once the snow is gone. But it is going to be quite nice to to get home again, actually to get back in my studio again. Although I, I think quality of these recordings seems to be pretty good, but it's always been a bit iffy because we're relying on weird technology and hotspots, etc. But it seems to have done okay in the five months that I've been away. So as ever, it's been lovely to share some more short-term rental wisdom with you and hope you are enjoying it. If you get the chance to write a review on whatever platform that you listen to your podcasts on, I would love that. The more reviews we get, the more the word gets out and the larger the audience. And as you know, we, we did pass the million download mark a couple of months ago and we are really motoring on now. We will get the next million out of the way a lot quicker than we did the first million downloads. But, uh, you know, I, I'm always grateful that you are here to listen to me. So thank you very much for that. So that's it for this week. And I will look forward to being with you again very shoot, very soon. Thanks again for listening to this episode brought to you by Beyond. For more information and to connect with Beyond Team, visit vacationrentalformula.com forward slash beyond or simply click the link in the description section of this episode on your smart device. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.